0: going to share about the life of David in, in a deeper way than I hope that you've heard before by talking about some heart issues. And today we're going to talk about a heart issue that is um, very tender to, to most of us called rejection. And before we get into that, I want to encourage you. I don't think it was by accident. I didn't know that the worship team was going to be singing uh, the song that they sang today about being loved by the father, but he loves you and he has a plan and purpose for each one of you. And we can learn so much about having a heart after God, having a heart that's brave, a heart that's courageous from the man of God, the second king of Israel, David. David, it's testified about David that he was a man after God's own heart, says in the Old Testament and then again in the New Testament in Acts chapter 13 verse 22, And this is going to be a foundational scripture for the next three weeks. If God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. If we want to be a people who are courageous, if we want to be a people that would seek God in good times and in hard times, then we've got to learn to to have a brave heart. We've got to learn to overcome rejection. See, a brave heart, hearted person learns to overcome rejection. Almost everyone has experienced rejection in one way or another, even if it's going way back to elementary school and not being picked for the kickball team. Maybe that was just me. Maybe maybe it's not uh, being accepted into a college that you applied for, not being accepted to a job that you applied for. Maybe it's um, Other things, deeper things, maybe you grew up with some kind of handicap or you've experienced something of a a deeper level. Something in studying for this that I've realized is that their rejection, even when you get healed from it, it leaves wounds. And growing up, um, I, I suffered with a learning disability, and I thought that I was completely over that. Um, as as an adult woman. Even when I went to Bible school, I remember the Lord touching me and healing me, and I felt uh, things came easier um, after that. And so I really didn't think too much about that until I had kids. And uh, one of my children is suffering through that now. And what bothered me the most when watching her suffer through that is not that that there were some unresolved issues in my heart that I didn't realize. And God wants to heal us from wounds, friends, no matter what it is. Some of you guys have had wounds that are deeper and way deeper than a learning disability. Some of you guys have wounds from feeling rejected and unwanted from your own parents. Some of you have wounds of feeling rejected and and unwanted that go so deep that it leaves a lasting mark on your life. I'm here to tell you that you can be healed and God can use those wounds. He can use the mess of our lives for his message. David had a lot of wounds. He suffered a lot of rejection and God used him as a man of God. I want to talk about five ways to overcome rejection. Number one, people's rejection will not keep you from God's selection. If you walked in this morning and you received a talk it over sheet, that's in your bulletin. That's the first fill in the blank there. People's rejection will not keep you from God's selection. First Samuel 16, 4 through 13, and I'm going to read this in the message version today, but I want to read the fullness of it, and you've got to just ask the Lord to help you right now really focus in on the word because I have a lot of scriptures today and I believe it's going to be it's going to be what the Bible says the word of God separates the the spirit man from the flesh and so God wants to come in right now and he wants to do some surgical things in your heart and so pay attention to this scripture these scriptures because they're going to help bring healing so first Samuel sixteen four through 13 says this Samuel did not wa- did what God told him he when he arrived at Bethlehem The town fathers greeted him, but apprehensively, is there something wrong? Nothing's wrong. I have come to sacrifice this heifer and lead you in in worship of God. Prepare yourselves, be consecrated, and join me in worship. And he made sure Jesse and his sons were there consecrated and called to worship. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, Eliab and thought, here he is, God's anointed When they arrived, Samuel took one look and said, here he is, God's anointed. But see, in verse 7, it says, God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks into the heart. Jesus then called up. Jesse then, excuse me, Jesse then called up Abinadad and presented him to Samuel. Samuel said, this man isn't God's choice either. Next, Jesse presented Shema. Samuel said, no, this man isn't either. Jesse presented his seven sons to Samuel. Samuel was blunt with Jesse. God hasn't chosen any of these. Then he asked Jesse, is is this it? Are there no more sons? Well, yes, there is the runt, but he's out tending the sheep. Samuel ordered Jesse, go get him. We're not moving from this spot until he's here. Jesse sent for him, and he was brought in. The very picture of health, bright-eyed and good-looking. God said, up on your feet, anoint him. This is the one. Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed him. With his brothers standing around watching. The spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind. God vitally empowered him for the rest of his life. Friends, David was rejected by his earthly father, but he was selected by his heavenly father. Even if you grew up in a home where you felt unwanted and you felt unloved, God loves you and God has selected us through Christ Jesus. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. Now, friends, if we go deeper into David's life, we can see just really the rejection that that was in growing up, that he must have suffered growing up. See, there's a scripture in Psalms. Now, if you know anything about King David, he wrote the majority of the Psalms. And there's a scripture that he talks about his birth, and it's in chapter 51, verse 5. It says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin. Did my mother conceive me? Now, when you study the life of J, uh, uh, the life of David, you can see some of his ancestry. You can see where he came from. You can see that he was a son of Jesse, and that Jesse's father uh, was Obed and Ruth, his grandmother, who was, if you read the Old Testament, was you go even back and also find that he had a. Rahab, a prostitute that was in his lineage, okay? So God can use no matter what mess, no matter what testimony we come from. But if you look further, the Bible doesn't really mention David's mom's name. But Jewish tradition says her name is Nitzit, and it's a really hard one to uh, pronounce. Who knows if I'm saying it right, but Nitzitvit. It has to be prettier than that. (laughs) And... She was, tradition shows that she was actually a second wife of Jesse, not the same mother of all the sons that was from his, his first marriage that was brought before him. So if you think about it, this was a blended family that had some rejection and some hurt, and so no wonder why David was never included with this family. No wonder why Jesse didn't think of David. He wasn't the firstborn. As a matter of fact, some people believe that, he, that David's mother was not even married with Jesse. And in this culture, that was unheard of to be pregnant without marriage. And even today in our society where it happens all the time, there's something when you are born um, that way that, that there's a, a sense of rejection that you're even born with. And and feeling that, whether you realize it or not, and God wants to do a healing in the lives of his people. He wants you to know no matter how you were born, no matter what your your parents did, no matter if you felt wanted by your mother or wanted by your father, you are wanted by God. No matter if if you grew up, and some of these things are wounds. Something that I realized with me, some of my, my most earliest childhood memories always go back to my learning disability in some, some way. I can, it always is related somehow back to that, and I didn't even realize that until I saw one of my own children struggle this way, friends. And that's what rejection, when you feel unwanted, when you feel left out, when you feel stupid, when you feel unloved, that's what it does. No matter uh, how we grow and get over it. See, because most people would look at me and say, she is the most confident woman. I've had people say that to me. She carries herself as the most confident woman. I have to tell you, I deal with insecurity and it's one of the strongest strongholds that I had to break off my life. And friends, God can do a healing, but that doesn't mean there's not. Uh, wounds that we have to overcome afterwards. It doesn't mean that there's not tender spots in our life. With David, God selected him, but his own father rejected him. God selected him, but he was born, and he says this, even after he was a king and he wrote the book of Psalms, he said, before I was shaping, I was shaping in iniquity. I was shaping in sin. I was born from a sinful situation. Friends, maybe you feel like you weren't supposed to be here. I have friends who their parent was going to abort them, but they were too far along in the pregnancy. But God knew they were supposed to be here. I have friends that was born even though they shouldn't have been born because of circumstances in their lives. But God knew they were supposed to be here. God has you here for a plan and for a reason. And he loves you no matter what you've grown up with, no matter what rejection you have faced in your life. You're selected by God through Christ Jesus because he says that he wishes none would perish, but all would come to repentance. You're selected by him. If you felt like David, maybe you have felt rejected from birth. Friends, God loves you and he's selected you. And you are his son and his daughter. And now we need to learn how to live in that love. Another way to overcome rejection is not only knowing that even if you're rejected by your own earthly family, you're selected by God, but also public rejection can get us ready for God's election. We're going to read again in 1 Samuel 17, 12 through 30. Now David was a son of Ephraim named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and Saul's time, he was very old, Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and every evening to take a stand. Now Jesse said to David, take an Ephraim and a roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commanders of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the the valley, valley of Eli fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in care of a shepherd loaded up And set out, and just as Jesse had directed, he reached the camp, and the army was going into battle positions, shouting war cries. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his, uh, his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And if you guys remember earlier on in this chapter, it talked about Goliath being a giant, nearly 10 foot tall, friends. And David heard what Goliath was saying. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. In verse 25, it says, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He, he comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will accept his family and exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Friends, I'm building a plot here. you got to listen on, okay? Verse 26 says, David asked the men standing near, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what, has been, what was being said, and this will be done for the man who kills him. And then listen to this in verse 28, friends. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you lead those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here. To watch the battle. Can you imagine hearing that from your big brother? Saying, you don't belong here with us. Your job is to be out in the field. You're not one of us. You're not included. What are you doing here? I know who you are. And accusing him of pride and being puffed up. Come on. Can you imagine? Some of you have probably, possibly... Had some kind of pain like that in your, in, in your families. I know all of us don't come from perfect families. But look at this in verse 29. It says, now, this is how David replied. Now what have I done? He's probably heard that spiel from his big brother before. Now what have I done? Can't I even speak? He then turned away and someone else, uh, to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. See, David was rejected by his brother, friends. But God used that rejection to position him for his election, his election, his promotion, his assignment. God used that rejection in David to position him to a place that he would say, you know what, you may not like me, brother. You may not choose me, Father. I may not be a a legitimate child. I may be illegitimate in this family, but God has selected me. And God is getting ready to elect me. He's getting ready to promote me. He's getting ready to put me on my assignment because I remember when the prophet came and he anointed me. In front of all of you. So you might want to remind me of where I came from, but I'm going to remind you of where I'm going. And, friends, sometimes our rejection in our life, sometimes the ones we love and we expect to support us the most, sometimes the the words that they say sting the most. But, friends, their rejection will not keep you from God's assignment. It will not keep you from God's election unless you allow it to. You can overcome. Whether it's a learning disability. Whether it's a, another kind of handicap or sickness, chronic illness that you're going through. Whether it's not feeling loved from your own mother and father. Whether it's childhood pain and rejection and being taken advantage of that you never remember. Friends, God still loves you. And he still has a plan and purpose for you. And he still wants to elect you to do what he's called you to do that only you can fulfill. But we have to say yes to the assignment. And that's what David did. He was called for a higher purpose. See, David wasn't the first man in the Bible that had hard relationships with his brothers. Look at Joseph. Joseph was rejected by his brothers and was sold even into slavery. And yet God still even used that rejection for his election, friends. That rejection for his promotion, for his assignment. God wants to use whatever you've gone through that you feel like you can't even talk about. To help others, to give hope, to put you on the assignment that he's called you for because he loves you. God is setting you up for your election, your promotion, and your assignment if you would allow him. See, friends, we can overcome rejection because our rejection is sometimes God's protection. Our rejection is sometimes God's protection. See, when we read on here in verse 31 of, verse, uh, of chapter 1, Samuel 17, it says, "When David uh, what David said when he was talking to his brother and when he was talking to the others around him was overheard and reported to Saul, the king. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, "Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine." Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and have never been a warrior, and he's been one from youth. Come on. There again, that doubt, that rejection. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. He remembered where he came from, friends. And he said, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord will rescue me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He will rescue me out of the hand of the Philistine. See, friends. Even though his brother wanted to remind him of being not good enough, of being not with the sheep, he remembered that God was with him when he was with those sheep. He remembered God's protection when he was with those sheep and the lion and the bear came after him. And he used his testimony, his test, to be a testimony, friends. Let's not just remember the pain from whatever rejection we have faced. Let's remember how God's grace and his hand was there with us. That's what David did. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. But then he did this in verse 38. Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him, a bronze helmet on his head, and David fastened the sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to it. And he said this, I cannot go out in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Friends, oftentimes on our way to our assignment, some well-meaning person is going to try to put something on you that God has not called you to wear. David had sense enough to remember where he came from, even though his brother tried to remind him in a belittling type of way. He had sense enough to remember, I didn't have this this armor on when I killed the lion and when I killed the bear, and I don't need it now. All I need is God. I need God's protection. Verse 40 says, then he took it off his... He took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with a sling in his hand approached the Philistine. In verse 41, Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked at David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said, "David, he said to David, am I a dog that you come with me, come at me with sticks?" And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. "Come here," he said, "and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals." David said to Phil- to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, God almighty." The God of the armies of Israel who you've defiled this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head this very day I will give your carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel all those who gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. David would not have been able to say that if he would have went out and saw his armor. But he was able to say that because he went out under the protection of the Lord, friends. Sometimes our rejection can be God's protection. Verse 48 says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over, stood over him and took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with his sword. When the Philistines saw their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Friends, David didn't fit into Saul's armor because it was not armor that was going to protect him, it was God. It was not the armor of man, it was the arm of God, friends. God. Sometimes our rejection can be God's protection. He wants you to run to him. He is our strong tower. He is the one who is going to protect us. He is our shield and our sword, and he loves you. Would you come to him with your rejection when you feel like you don't fit in? Like David, who didn't fit in with his brothers, who didn't feel loved by his father, who didn't fit into the armor of the king who went before him. And yet he remembered who he was. He remembered that his God was with him when he was nobody, tending the few small sheep. God protected him from the lion and from the bear. Think back of what God and how God has protected you, friends, and how God has delivered you. Think back of your most painful memories and think that God was still there. He wants to use our rejection. He wants to use our mess for his message, friends. God's protection leads to God's promotion. God's arm is greater than man's armor. When you feel like you don't fit into the mold people have made for you, do not be dismayed because it could be God's way of protecting you. Think of the time that you felt rejected, but later realized God used that rejection for your protection. Maybe it's when you was with somebody that you knew you shouldn't be with and you had a hard breakup and your heart was broken for a moment, but you knew God was setting you up. And then after that, you met the one. Maybe if you was rejected from a job that you really wanted, but God had something better for you. Sometimes our rejection can be God's protection, friends. God also will use man's rejection for his redirection. Another way to overcome rejection is know that God will use the rejection that we suffer from people, and he will use it as a way of redirecting us to something better. See 1 Samuel 18:6 through 11 the message it says this as he returned home after David had killed the Philistine the women poured out of all the villages of Israel singing and dancing welcoming King Saul with tamarines festive songs and lutes and playful frolic the women sang Saul killed by thousands but David by tens of thousands and this made Saul Angry, very angry. He took it as a personal insult. He said, they credit David with 10,000 and me only with thousands. Before you, knew, before you know it, they'll be, given the king, they'll be given him the kingdom. From that moment on, Saul kept his eye on David. The next day, an ugly mood was sent by God to afflict Saul, who became quite besides himself, raven, David played his harp as he usually did at such times. Saul had a spear in his hand and suddenly Saul threw the spear thinking, I'll nail David to the wall. David ducked and the spear missed him. This happened twice, friends. See, if you go on and you read in, in the book of Samuel, first uh, Samuel and second Samuel, and you read the life of David and Saul. See, David was already rejected by his family, rejected by his brothers. He had this rejection and yet he didn't Allow it to define him. He allowed what God thought about him to define him. And so now he's serving the king knowing that he was anointed to be king one day. And now even the king who who promised to give him his daughter and he was really now his son-in-law decided he wanted to kill him. And now David has a whole new sense of rejection. Sometimes the only way we move forward, though, friends, is when we feel we're forced to. Therefore, God will use rejection as a way of redirecting us to better things. See, God called David not to just sit there and be Saul's servant. God called David to be king. And David wasn't going to learn to be king from Saul because Saul was too jealous to teach him. So God redirected him to go out on his own in the wilderness and he brought other men around him who also felt rejection and when you read about David's mighty men they were uh (laughs) they were a great army but listen friends they came and they came from riff riff, with riffraff if you will they came from uh hard circumstances they were all angry and offended at the kingdom at the time and God used them to buffet David and to sharpen him. He used, he, he used the circumstances that he had to flee the kingdom to learn to be a king. Sometimes it's in the wilderness. And sometimes it's when we're by ourselves. Sometimes it's when we're not where we want to be, where we know we're called to be, that we learn to be who God has called us to be. And this is what God did in David. And friends, this is what God does in us oftentimes when we feel alone, when we feel that that everyone who is supposed to mentor us, supposed to love us, supposed to care for us, is not there for us, and we feel like we have nowhere else to go. Sometimes it's God saying, you know what? I'm redirecting you, because I'm going to train you myself, because I'm going to build you up, because I'm going to teach you to be the man and woman of God I've called you to be. See, friends, God even started his own church that way. Look at it. When you read the book of Acts, God used the ultimate rejection called persecution to spread his gospel. The church would probably never be where it is today if it wasn't for that. God is doing a great work. But we've got to take our rejection to him. The only way we're going to overcome rejection is by these things. And the last thing I want to talk about today, even the hardest rejections can be conquered if our affection is found in God alone. See, David, when you read the book of Psalms and you read the, the deep pain, not only was he rejected by his own father, his own brothers, not only did he not feel love, not only did he say, man, I was birthed in sin, and then he was rejected by his mentor, his spiritual father, if you will, King Saul. Then he was rejected by his own family. Even after he got the kingdom, his own son, Absalom, started a rebellion against him. And you know what? Even though David had a heart after God, David came to a place that he rejected God's own laws at one time when he, when he decided to take matters in his own hands when he lusted after a woman named Bathsheba and killed her husband. But because David knew that God was a forgiving God, he wrote this psalm, Psalm 51. It said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desire faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret places, those places in the wilderness, friends. Cleanse me with the hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear the joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifices where I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls in Jerusalem, then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and the burnt offerings offered whole. Then the bowls will be offered on your altar, friends. God wants to do a new thing in you. He wants you to take your rejection. He wants to take your brokenness, your crushed spirit, and he wants you to give it to him. Because, friends, he has affection for you. And he wants you to love him back. He wants your affection to be found in him. And when you do that, he will help you overcome rejection. He will help you overcome feeling not wanted, feeling stupid, feeling far away from God. He will help you overcome feeling isolated, feeling marginalized, feeling uh, picked over. But, friends, you've got to bring it to him. You can't do it on your own. You can't pretend and friends sometimes we got to go back deep and this is the awesome thing about God even giving everything to him and serving him and loving him and staying faithful for decades he loves you enough that he'll pour he'll, he'll, when you get before him he'll pull back layers and things that you thought you were completely over he'll show you deeper parts that he wants to heal I know that because I'm going through that right now and friends What I'm going to do is I'm going to go before him and I'm going to say, God, you will not despise my broken heart. That's the sacrifice you want. And friends, I want to ask you, would you join me? Would you be brave enough to say, God, I'm willing to be like King David and I'm willing to give you my rejection because I know that you have called me and God, I know that you love me. Are you willing to do that today? If so, would you stand on your feet, friends? And I'm going to ask our musicians to come up because we need to sing that song again. Because he's a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads with me? Friends, when I I got here this morning, I told my bestie up here in the front row, I said, this is one of the hardest messages I've I've had to preach and she said oh man it's it's hard like like basically you're gonna have to have your steel toes shoes on type thing I'm like it it's hard because it's tender not because it's anything that we've got to do it's tender because when you've experienced rejection it's hard to trust And God is not a man that he shall lie, nor a son of man that he will change your mind. He's not one who's going to look at you and make you feel less than, make you feel stupid, make you feel left out, make you feel unwanted because he knows you and knew you in your mother's womb. And he's knitted your bones together. And he's numbered the hairs on your head because he cares for you. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up in this world. It doesn't matter what your sin is. It doesn't matter how unrighteous you feel you are. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we're made whole, that we're cleansed. See, David was a prophet, and he knew. That it wasn't sacrifices that God wanted. It's not our works. It's not our deeds. It's our hearts, friends. It's what God wants.